all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all things that I have made known to you. Primary in that equipping and that discipling and that and that going into the nations is the highest call of all. That we might be made, that, that the saints will be received, taught, counseled, consumed in our own self-centered likings and our self-centered culture. This is the key. The Greeks would like this for that common fellow church. And say, the Father comes, the Jesus goes, and we come to drink of this free gift of eternal life, and we come with
have some very specific connections. So it would be orientation of the book of Revelation. And the second and third chapters would give to us a scenario of seven contemporary churches of the time of John in which the Lord Jesus is pictured as walking upon the candlesticks. The living, dynamic, eternal, unending presence of the Lord of glory, the head of his church, with searching and probing power, looking into the very heart of that church and what each of those individual churches were experiencing and what they represented. There are many different views about both the contemporary situation and what they might signify about today, but we're racing past that part, and we come to this fourth chapter, and we see after that survey of the churches that the corners turn dramatically to a moment of radical change, a transition that is both strikingly unusual even for John, but also has the message, and that's the key word, of a continuous reminder from God of exactly what that moment of sobering was proclaiming. And that is, the door is open. The water of life has come. And the invitation stands. So here, as we, as we hear the shift in language after this, that is, after the survey of the seven churches, and, and, and leaving aside whatever that may signify for the time being, but leaving that, that survey of, of the Lord demonstrating his active presence among all of the redeemed churches, now the focus comes back to the heavenly, heavenly view of this amazing truth of worship. So when we think of things like this, Revelation 21, after this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Clearly, the Lord opening the veil of eternity for his servant John to be given insight into that which the human mind cannot comprehend. But then also recognizing that that door is open to me. So when we think of it and understand this summons, In the immediate presence of the risen Christ, a glimpse into a scene of breathtaking, majestic splendor, and then the call. Now, we might even, I think, rightly call it a call to worship, certainly for John, as we see the entire 22 chapters of the Apocalypse it was, a, it was a call to see, see, and then to write what you saw. But also, this call parallels something that is at the very heart of why you and I are here today. Because the Lord has said, come up here, and I will show you. The Lord has said, there are things 
daily life. But always remember, Peter, as he goes through Acts 12, demonstrates Jesus made every aspect of your life for that point. His birth, death, and resurrection, he made every aspect of it available for our daily life. Because he fully fulfilled the
very, very long time. And I couldn't help but think about how, how much conflict and heartache and turmoil and, and contradiction and the ripping of the very fabric of trust has happened in America in the last year to five years. And it's, and it's intriguing to think about the fact that at periodic times, episodic times, let's say, in a country like ours,
Bible differently the way the wording is there in the text of Revelation chapter 4, verse 3. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone, a throne set in heaven, one of you, and the one who sat on the throne. So it begins with the majesty of the personal, eternal, invincible, powerful, living presence of he who is the Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, who's on the throne. It begins there by saying, but Lord, you are big, you rule, you reign, the magnitude of who you are is actually just the Lord. In the Bible, the the word glory in the Bible in the both Old Testament glory and the New Testament glory, both stock, both pagan, Hebrew and Greek, are words that are difficult to carry over to one synonym concerning glory. And it gets it translated in the Bible as, as the glory or the wonder magnificence of who he is. Probably the best of all to me is the word radiance. The radiance, the splendid radiance of the character of our God. And this is at the very heart of the call. When the door is open, come up hither. I will show you. In Genesis 6, he says, I want you.